0: Welcome to It's Your Money, a practical guide for managing the financial resources God has provided. Your host is Christian attorney and financial counselor, G. Edward Reed. Hello and welcome to session number seven in the It's Your Money series. We're teaching the biblical principles of personal money management, and this session deals with training children to uh, be able to operate uh, in the world today and to be uh, financially literate. And so we're going to start on page 21. For those of you that have the workbook, you'll want to go there or to uh, Chapter 7 in the book. And we're going to look at the uh, first uh, point there. It's actually an awesome responsibility to have children. I frequently ask people, how many children should the average family have? And uh, people uh, come up with different numbers. You know, if you live in China in a large city, you can only have one child. Uh, In the United States, families used to be very large. Uh, I have two children myself. Some people think two is a good number. A lot of people live today without children. But if you have children... Uh, the basic bottom line is no more than you can afford to uh, take care of that's just the basic thing because uh, we need to teach them to be supportive of themselves but also to uh, take care of them when they're young. The Bible gives several indications about our responsibility to children. one is in Ephesians the fourth chapter and uh verse excuse me it's Ephesians six verse four uh And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And Deuteronomy chapter 6 also talks about the... uh, responsibility of parents sometimes people say well we'll just let the kids learn from us the best they can but we actually have in this chapter when Moses is speaking those words of counsel to the Israelites just before he left them about uh, training the children four times a day and I'm going to read them uh, to you so you can understand this is Deuteronomy 6 verses 6 and 7 and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So when you're with your kids, when you're at meals, when they first get up, when they go to bed at night, when you're walking with them, you can share principles with them. So I think it's very important that children, uh, that we understand that children learn by two things. One is precept, that's what we tell them, And the other one is example, what they see us doing. So those are the important things to understand. Now, we'd also talked earlier about one of the basic principles being God is the owner of everything. And so number two, the children are actually the property of God. As we found in Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's in its fullness. And then it says the world and those who dwell therein. So the children belong to God and we manage for him. So we talk about uh, God's ownership. Now if this is the case and we have that responsibility to manage for God, you can see how uh, critical it might be to send your kids off to daycare for example uh, because we have that responsibility to train them. And uh, there's also an interesting statement in the book uh, Adventist Home on page 183 where it talks about these children being a heritage of the Lord and we're responsible to God for their management. Now in the third uh, point we want to uh, talk about uh, something early uh, in the child's life, and that is we all know they learn very quickly, but uh, when should they be taught to do uh, uh, money management? Well, it's be kind of fascinating to understand that, and I'll give you a few insights on in how that can be done. But the Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And then I found an interesting statement in the book Child Guidance, page 136, and I'll share that with you. Let every youth and every child be taught, not merely to solve imaginary problems, but to keep an accurate account of his own income and outgoes. In other words, don't just do math problems, but do something real life. Let them learn the right use of money by using it. Now I want to stop here and ask, uh, what do you think about allowances? Should parents provide their kids with money? Well, I actually believe that should be true because everybody who's part of the family should be taught how to manage and have something to manage with. And in this interesting statement from Child Guidance, the author agrees. And here's continuing. Whether supplied by their parents, that would be an allowance, or by their own earnings, let boys and girls learn to select and purchase their own clothing, their books, and other necessities. And by keeping an account of their expenses, they will learn as they could learn in no other way the value and the use of money. Makes sense, doesn't it? By actually doing it. So you can understand how valuable that is. But uh, how old should they be? Well, the statement goes on. This is Child Guidance, page 136. When very young, children should be educated to read, write, and to understand figures. We call that the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. But she adds a fourth one here, and to keep their own accounts. So we're talking about young children. You know, six, seven, eight years old should be learning how to manage. And they can do that by... uh, managing their own allowance by uh, doing occasional work for others until they're really old enough to hold a job, working at home for parents. And uh, in our case, when our children were 10 years old, Kathy took them up to the bank when their birthday was 10 and uh, opened their checking account. It was kind of interesting that our daughter, Melissa, is uh, three years younger than our son, Andrew, and Andrew got his checking account when he was 10 years old. So when Melissa's birthday came along on her 10th birthday, more than a birthday party or presents or gifts or anything, she wanted to go and get her bank account. And both of them have had their checking account since they were 10 years old, and they've learned to balance their checkbook and to manage for themselves quite well. Now, on the fourth point here, what should children be taught? The Bible is pretty clear about this. We've already studied uh, the sixth chapter of Matthew in verse 19 where it says, Do not store up treasures on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. That should be taught. Uh, and then also, verse 33 says, Seek the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. So the basics of life will be added if we seek God first. And that is really a primary thing to remember. Uh, in the Testimonies for the Church, volume 3, page 399, we're told the very best legacy which parents can leave their children is a knowledge of useful labor and the example of a life characterized by disinterested benevolence. In such a life they show the true value of money, that it is only to be appreciated for the good that it will accomplish in... Here's those same three things we found from Christ Object Lesson 351 now. For the good that they will accomplish in relieving their own wants, the necessities of others and advancing the cause of God. So those three things occur over and over again in the writings of Ellen White and always in that order. Our needs first, helping others, helping to advance the cause of God. So they should be taught to be helpful to others also. Now what do parents owe their children? Uh, I believe they owe their children a Christian home environment. Now everyone understands that Each individual eventually will make his own decision in life whether he wants to follow God or not. But if we have a Christian home, the chances are much greater that they will also follow the Lord. And uh, as a matter of fact, we can set an example in financial stewardship, we can train our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, let them know your goal for them is eternal life, and of course regular church attendance and family worship, and also that fourth element of worship, which is bringing an offering, is very important. And by the way, when children learn stewardship at home by bringing tithe from their own allowance or their own earnings, that's something that will follow them throughout their life. I want to share with you now uh, a couple of points and one of them is uh, the willingness to work and an appreciation for it. Uh, Proverbs the 22nd chapter verse 29 says, Do you see a man who excels in his work or is prompt in his business? He will stand before kings. Almost every employer will tell you it's hard to find good help and uh, you understand how valuable this is uh we trained our children to enjoy and appreciate work uh people always tell me how did you ever get your kids to work and we always understood that when they were home for summer vacation that they would have a job or that they would work through school year And uh, I just tell people, well, you know, in the Bible it says if you don't work, you don't eat, and our kids just love to eat, so this seemed to work out pretty good for them. And uh, both our children worked uh, outside uh, jobs, and both of them have said after they were finished college that they were glad for the work experience that they had as well, and that has done good for them uh, in their business life as well. So I'm going to share with you that when someone works, they exchange their time for money, And the employer pays you not to goof off, but to produce for the business. So you understand that's something very, very valuable that you can learn. Now, another thing I think parents owe their children, besides a good environment and a willingness to work and an appreciation for work, is a good education. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, both of our children worked uh, fast food. Andrew worked at Taco Bell, and uh, our daughter Melissa worked for a while at Burger King. And uh, it's kind of interesting, this whole situation to us, because our family has uh, been uh, used to a vegetarian diet, and we trained our children to be vegetarian, and... Uh I thought this is going to be unusual that they both are working at these places where they serve meat, but believe me, they're more vegetarian than ever now after working there, and I, um, maybe it's a good experience overall. Uh, they enjoyed their work because there's a lot of other young people. One of the reasons there's so many young people at the fast food places is that no one with any responsibility really can afford to work there. They just have minimum wage jobs, so you either have children, young people that is, or senior citizens trying to support, you know, or... Uh, uh... enhance their retirement income but at any rate they have a good time but you don't have to burn yourself in the french fry oil very often to know that's not what you want to do the rest of your life so a good education is the basic thing that uh... will help uh, children to move on and to be able to provide for themselves so uh, its education is critical. Minimum wage is not a living wage, and no one should be satisfied with that kind of job. It's really just an entry level to teach responsibility, not support for a family or to raise a family, and uh, it would be very difficult to support God's cause and to help others also in that kind of job. So it's important that people get an education, and uh, when our children started into their. Uh, adult life, uh, I would just tell you that they learned a lot from these jobs that they had. So we're going to go to page 23 now and we'll ask these questions and I'm going to share with you a few stories so you can understand about this. The first one is to start simple or to build a good foundation. For example, I've mentioned an allowance. I wouldn't recommend a lot of money Uh, maybe, uh, you know, three or four dollars a week or something like that. So they can manage, but they will have something that they can pay their tithe from, something they can save for larger items, or to realize the value of money when they give some money for something that if it's just a small item or it's consumable, or pretty soon it's gone and they're out of money, they learn those kind of things. And I think that's really good to learn responsibility. And also, if I have I'm always given a quarter to take to Sabbath school by my parents. If I lose it playing around, it's not going to bother me too much. I can always get another one. But if I have my own quarter, I'm going to be a little more careful with it. So it teaches responsibility in that area. I also want to talk to you about the idea of a simple budget. One of the best ways to have a simple budget for children is just to encourage them to use a checking account. But you say, well, who will take their check? as I mentioned both of our children had checking accounts since they were ten years old and they've never been refused anywhere a check. It just seems like the proprietors recognize that if a young person has a uh, uh, checking account they're probably pretty responsible and so they even had these before they could show a driver's license for ID and it's really incredible. They use a library card or something but the fact is it was very helpful to them. And so you can just know that you don't have any more money if you're out of money and you're checking a checkbook, but it also can help you to make a simple budget by just following that for like three months, as I suggested earlier when we did uh, number six on budgeting. You'll know where you spend. Uh, Also, they can learn to balance a checkbook. Uh, There are many people today, according to the Wall Street Journal, who do not know how to balance a checkbook. And uh, it's a simple thing. Uh, Frankly, it's a little bit... uh, Uh, disconcerting to people who don't like numbers, but you just simply can follow the procedure that they give you on the statement and you can do it very quickly, most of the time within about 10 minutes, and you know that you've kept your records correctly and so on. There's another interesting principle here for young people and that is if they were to come to you and say, Daddy, I sure would like a new pair of inline skates, well you can say, I'm sure you would. They would be really nice and uh, if you start saving your money then you can help. And I think that's uh, pretty important also to understand that. I'll give you a little indication of uh, how we worked this. Uh, When my son Andrew was 16 years old, he had taken driver training, and uh, he came to me one day after he got his license. In fact, it was the exact day he got his license and said, Daddy, now that I have my license, don't you think I need a car? And I said, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. And then he piped in and said, you wouldn't have to take me to work and school and everything like you always have to do. I said, that would be a wonderful idea. He said, "Uh, but I don't have cash for a car, and who's going to loan me the money working at Taco Bell? And uh, he said, if you would co-sign for me, then I could get a car. And uh, we've already discussed co-signing. You know, the Bible says you should never do that from Proverbs, the sixth chapter, and other places. So I said, Andrew, well, I'd really like to do that, but I just don't think it's a good thing. You know, the Bible says you should never co-sign. And uh, he he looked at me and says, but, Dad, you know I'd pay you back, don't you, or or pay the make the payments. And I said, yeah, I think you probably would. But still, the Bible says not to do it. And he looked me right in the eye and says, Dad... Did your dad co-sign for you when you got your first car? And I said, yes, but he didn't know any better. And I know better, and so what we're going to do is make a better deal. I'll tell you what I'll do. You start saving up your money, and when you get half of what you want for your new car, I'll give you the other half. How will that be? Well, he surprised me. He sold his dirt bike, and, you know, he had some money saved and got his Christmas money and all those kind of things. And one day he came to me and says, I found my car. He says, I've got $1,500, it's $3,000, where's your 1500 So he had he took me up on it, but believe me, because he had put so much effort into saving his part, he really took good care of that card. It lasted him all the way through college, and uh, that was a good plan for us. I would certainly encourage you to do that. There's another point, and that is the idea of independence, the primary goal of parenting. Uh, it's difficult to let go of children, but it's much easier if you know they're ready to be out there on their own. If you've given them a good spiritual foundation, a good work ethic, and a good education, that is really, really important. Uh, one time when I was doing a seminar in a large church, at the end of the day, a number of people were gathered around asking questions, and uh, I can remember very clearly that uh, People had questions about the seminar, but as we were driving home, my wife happened to be with me on that day, and she said, a lady came and got your office number from me, and she says she's going to call you on Monday. So sure enough, on Monday she called me, and she says, well, I was in the audience at your seminar this past weekend, and uh, I have a question. Uh, Could you help me with it? And I said, well, I'll be happy to if I can. She said, "Uh, my daughter has just called me, and she says they're about to turn the power off at her house, the electricity, And uh, she wants to know if I'll help her make the the utility payment. And uh, I said, well, you really haven't told me enough information. Is her husband out of work, or have they been sick, or have they been involved in an accident, or is there some unforeseen circumstance or something? And the lady said, oh, no, she's not married. And uh, I said, well, what is the arrangement then? Well, she and a friend of hers uh, decided they were going to leave home and uh, go out and uh, get their own place. So they did. And I said, well, what about her work? And she says, Oh, she doesn't work. Now, I wouldn't tell you the rest of this story uh if you hadn't already understood some credibility that I have. That's why I wait until this time to tell you. But here's what she actually said to me. Oh she doesn't work. They have two dogs, and if they leave them alone, they just tear the place up. So one of them has to stay with the dogs. And so my answer to her was, have you ever heard of a place called The Pound? That's where those dogs should go. Any dog who will tear the place up doesn't deserve to be uh, provided a home like that. Maybe they need to be out on a farm or something. The point is, I said to the lady, "Uh, have you ever paid her electric bill before? And she was silent for a few minutes, and I said, "Uh, uh, what I'm asking is, she ever asked you to do this before? And she says, yes, I've paid it every month since she's been gone. And I said, well, how long do you think she'd let you do this? And she said, well, I really hadn't thought of it, but I guess until I die. And I said, well, your goal as a parent is to train her to become independent, not dependent on you. In fact, from my perspective, I'm going to train my kids so well they can take care of me when I'm older, not me take care of them. The whole point of all of this is I told this lady, you tell her that you're not going to pay her electric bill, that the electricity works fine at your house, and if she wants to come and live with you and work at a regular job, that she's welcome to do that. But it would not be for either of your benefit for you to continue to make those payments. Now, I'm going to give you another little story uh, as a way of helping people to understand responsibility. And uh, in this particular case, after a seminar, a lady and her college-age daughter came up to me, and uh, it was regarding student loans, which we've already discussed. And uh, she wanted to know if, as an attorney, I would represent her in a lawsuit. And I told her that I really didn't have a schedule. I could keep a calendar, but I would be willing to give her some free advice if she'd like. So she said... uh, uh, my daughter uh, was doing fine in school in her first year, but near the end of the year, uh, she was running out of money, so she got a student loan and uh, to help her through the rest of that year in the summer. she had a good job and she worked at the job but near the end of the summer, someone came to uh, her boss came to her actually and said. Uh we enjoy your work and we know you're saving money for college. We want to make you an offer. We'd like for you to stay on and work for a whole year for us and next summer too and you'd have a lot of money saved up and you'd have this work experience and so on. So she talked with her parents and they decided that that was probably a good idea and that's what they did. Now here's something really interesting that happened. And uh, these experiences in life should teach us lessons and that's why I'm sharing the story with you. She said that uh uh, on about the second or third week of January, I believe she got her W-2 form from her employer, and she really quickly did this 1040 E Z and she realized that she had about $530 coming back uh for her uh income tax uh return. In other words, she had paid more money. They the employer had started taking it out if she were just working a short time rather than this longer time. At any rate, uh, she filed her 1040EZ, and as everybody frequently does, they have plans what they're going to do with the money and so on. But uh, in a few weeks, she got her letter back uh, from Uncle Sam, and she just knew that inside was her check for $530. But when she opened it, it said, You have figured your taxes correctly, and we've applied the $530 to your student loan. They didn't even ask her. They just did it because they were nice, you understand. But the Bible says that the borrower is the slave of the lender. So I said, well, you can save yourself uh, uh, the money of a lawsuit. And by the way, she was planning to sue the government. And I said, you know, they've got 50 attorneys on retainer, and you're trying to fight the government. It's not going to work. The simplest thing for you to do is to just read your contract, and uh, you understand that if once you're out of school and you're out of school for a period of like four months or six months, whatever the contract was, that you're you're uh payments start in and if you are owed any money by the government they will apply that to your student loan so everything was done according to the plan that they had signed off on before the point is we live and learn and uh, we want to emphasize again, especially as we're talking about children now and education, that it's very good idea to do all you can work-wise, do all you can from the family perspective, get those scholarships and grants that we talked about, and uh, then have the student loan be the very last resort. That would be the very final thing, because you have to pay them back, and they're with interest, of course. Uh, many times people say... Uh, well, the fact is uh, it's going to benefit me. It is true, and I don't put this in the category of just running up your credit card debt or buying extra clothes or shoes or whatever. But the idea is remember to buy, borrow just the very bottom amount that you can borrow because you don't want to start in, out in life with a big debt. So, children should be taught the very things that adults do, but on the level that they can understand. But I think we can make it more practical by getting them involved in the equation. Uh, we have that responsibility before God because they are our children. Now, several things that can be beneficial to children as they learn. I mentioned the simple budget. Uh, I remember on one occasion that. Uh, our children uh, were at the table when we opened one of, uh, one of my payroll checks, and it uh, seems to me it was around $2,000, something like that at the time. And uh, Andrew said, wow, $2,000. And uh, what we decided to do was to have Andrew sit with uh, Kathy, uh, she's been the manager of the money, and just watch how it was used. And of course, first of all, we wrote our tithe and offering check, and we had our house payment and you know, various other... Bills that we had, and uh, in just a short time probably less than 20 minutes most of it was completely gone. So, people be able to understand that uh, the income has uh, areas of support for a family and it does cost people to go to school. Now, I want to tell you uh, an experience regarding education. I think that education is really the key for most people between uh, a life of uh, drudgery and hard work and one that. Uh, uh, is uh, still hard work but more pleasant because you're involved in doing something that you like. So I encourage people to get an education. In fact, I encourage as much education as you can get within reason and also to uh, perhaps get advanced degrees from time to time if that's uh, appropriate. Remember that when we start simple, with a checking account, uh, allowance, uh, er, encouraging young people to work. In our case, before our children were old enough to actually work outside of our home, after age 10, we actually paid them for jobs that they did around our place. And uh, what we did actually was uh, told them, if you work just 20 hours a week, uh, that's going to be enough to pay your tuition and we gave them the money for their school tuition so they actually paid it through their own checking account so they realized the value of their education and then we told them any additional work that you do beyond the twenty hours will pay you so much an hour so they were eager to do that Now, every family should recognize that there are certain chores that kids do like make their bed and feed the pets and you know help around the house those kinds of things dump the trash and so on but we actually paid our kids to do things that sometimes others are hired to do. For example, we paid our son Andrew to uh, keep our big yard mode, to wash the cars and things like that. Melissa did actually the family laundry, the whole family's laundry. She did it and we paid her to do that, uh, which taught her, you know, how to, to properly wash clothes without getting all the colors mixed up and all of those kind of things. And it was a good basic training for her life. But with that responsibility, they were able to uh, save money for various projects that they wanted to get involved in. It's an awesome responsibility to bring children into the world, but it's a joy when they are trained to do things properly and to uh, uh, be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We understand that when children seek God early, that he will responsibly bless them as well. And I can just tell you that there have been many experiences that they've had as young adults that they've called us even and said, thank you for training us how to do this, because now we realize that God's way is the best way, and they have seen the benefits, for example— of uh, the tithe and how God has blessed them and how their life is more abundant when being faithful to Him. Almost everybody would recognize that they would like to be able to spend the whole thing, but when they put God first and He continues to bless them, then they have uh, not only a happier home life themselves, but they see God actively at work in their lives. Parents owe their children a good education, a Christian home environment, and a willingness to work. And I hope that as you continue in this series that you'll recognize your children can be a real part of your own financial management situation. Uh, We encourage you to read the chapter in the book on this topic as well for some added dimensions in children and money management. And next time we're going to talk about our home ownership. I think you'll find that to be a very interesting topic as well. You've been listening to It's Your Money with Christian attorney and financial counselor G. Edward Reed. If you'd like to learn more about developing financial strategies from a Christian perspective, call 1-800-328-0525 and ask for the companion It's Your Money book and workbook written by Mr. Reed. You can also order individual It's Your Money CDs by name or topic. Call 1-800-328-0525 or visit online at www.adventsource.org.